This is a Federal News Network podcast. Maybe not shocking, but not a total surprise either. When the General Services Administration canceled its troubled Alliant 2 small business program, the planned government-wide acquisition contract was hobbled by protests and never really got off the ground. Yet the need for such a GWAC apparently still exists. With what might come next, we turn to Bloomberg government IT analyst Chris Cornelli. Chris, good to have you on. Great to be with you, Tom. First of all, why do you think fundamentally the GSA decided to give up on this? I mean, they've been at it for almost five years. I think that they're giving up on it now uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, because I, I don't think that they see their way out of uh, the the bid protests that they've faced uh, ever since the awards were made in February of 2018. Um, there were uh, more than a dozen uh, bid protests about uh, cost accounting standards and, and other uh issues with the the initial proposal and the way that they ended up deciding that they would recompete or reevaluate the proposal opened them up for additional protests and you have things like the the cybersecurity maturity model certification for uh, for DOD you have a lot of these uh, uh alliant one expiring task orders and the need to do something with them in the next generation so i think there are a lot of different factors but uh, but overall I think that's why they, they decided to pull the plug now. Might a better approach have been something like Navy Seaport E, which is now moving to Seaport Next Generation, where they've got 1,800 or something or 1,900 different contractors. Basically, it's a, you want to be on, be on. Right. I think that that's a, a fair point. And there have been uh, a number of, of experts in the industry that are talking about pushing the competition to the task order level instead of just to, to get on the contract. And, and I think that there's a lot of evidence to dictate that that would be a successful approach. You know, Seaport is really just another, uh, you know, federal supply schedule. Um, what GSA is doing right now with its multiple award schedule for IT, formerly the Schedule 70, um, it's trying to work out new special item numbers and, and try to make that contract uh, more attractive to uh, to specific pools, but you know, fundamentally, there there are just a lot of other IT contracts out there. There's CIO SP3, there's NASA Soup. I think it it just wasn't worth the the headache to to proceed with an A2SB in this in this state. And there's one little subtlety in there that was pointed out to me by Larry Allen, one of the analysts that watched this kind of thing and used to be head of the Federal Procurement Coalition. And that is that under MAS, under the Multiple Award Schedule Program, you cannot do cost plus deals. You can only do right. fixed price commercial type of transactions. And the government has been on a push to get fixed prices into services contracts for a long time, but they're not all there yet. So right. you have to have a vehicle then that allows cost plus, correct? Correct. Correct. And I think that that is why they were pushing to get this done, but there are still other vehicles that that allow for, for cost plus. And my uh, assessment is that you will probably see agencies that have been working with uh, Alliance Small Business try to move over some of these expiring task orders uh, to to like a CIO SP3. It's going to be very difficult to do that, but it's really their their best option. And of course, the idea of cost plus is what led to the cost accounting snafu in the first place. So it's not right. it's easier said than done. I guess they're finding out. Sure. We're speaking with Chris Cornelli. He's an IT analyst with Bloomberg Government. Now, the GSA in the release talking about this, they were pretty forthright. We've canceled it. But then they were kind of vague, in my view, of what they were going to do next. They said, well, things have changed. As you pointed out, the CMMC is one big change that's come into the market. 
but they also said that they would create pools of qualified contractors in the different subcategories of small business, 8A, right. women-owned, service-disabled, veteran-owned, hub zone. Is your interpretation of that, that there would be a separate GWAC for all of those categories or, or what? I, I think that they're really exploring the option of, of doing separate GWACs for, for uh, women-owned, for hub zone. There is already a, uh, a, a GWAC for service-disabled uh, veteran-owned small businesses. That's two. The thing is that that is really not very heavily utilized contract as of yet. And maybe what the GSA can can try to do is to push agencies to use that more. As you may know, GSA recently extended 8A Stars 2, raised the ceiling by $7 billion. The recompete 8A Stars 3 is going to have $50 billion ceiling. So there's a lot that GSA can do in this space without Alliant 2. Just if you would elaborate for people that may not know all the details, what Stars Three is all about. 8A Stars Three is an IT services vehicle for uh, small business uh, administration designated 8A businesses, and it is is one of GSA's most successful vehicles to date. Earlier this spring, 8A Stars Two hit its ceiling value well ahead of schedule, meaning that that agencies are are rushing to use it. It's been successful. Contractors like using it. They've actually had to extend it, and then they planned a, a much larger ceiling for the the recompete. And, and uh, you know, that will be a lot of interest for for small businesses in this space. The uh, request for a proposal was released on Monday, and we at Bloomberg Government are going to be tracking that closely. And if you have 1,000, 2,000, 2,500 contractors on a vehicle, and as you mentioned earlier, the competition then is at the task order level, how does that really differ in reality from just full and open competition for every task order and simply the agency says this is only open to small businesses? That's a, a great question. Ideally, when you're setting up uh, a, a contract where you have potentially thousands of, of vendors on it, you are, you're doing some due diligence, right? You're, you're ensuring that, that only those contractors who want to be on that contract um, are, are able to perform that work. But at the same time, it's more difficult to bring these these sort of large-scale protests when you're competing at the task order level. Not every uh, vendor on the market is, is able to see those and, you know, has preference or um, has standing to challenge. So I, I think it, it does narrow the field a little bit, but it does so in a way that allows the government to, to get on with its business. And would you say, too, that fundamentally there is a demand for this type of vehicle just in light of the fact that the government doesn't ever quite meet its statutory small business contracting goals. Certain agencies do, but I think when you add up government-wide every year, it's always a percentage point or so short of what, what the law demands of small business contracting. I think, by and large, the, the federal government is is trying to attract small business as, as fast as it can. And so the, the success of, of contracts like 8A Stars 2 and 8A Stars 3 and, and CIOSP3, uh, CIOSP3 small business in the middle. These are vital contracts. A lot of the innovation that's taking place in the government sector is is coming from these these small businesses. Uh, and and although the federal government isn't necessarily hitting its statutory goals at this point, it, it's really a, a goal of, of uh, federal acquisition policy to to get better at that and and to keep the market open for these businesses. And a question, final question on that idea of the market changing. And we mentioned CMMC, the Certification for Cybersecurity Maturity. But also different technologies are coming in. I mean, the government still has a long way to go on, you name it, 
artificial intelligence and data analytics and drone swarms and and uh, blockchain and all of these things. And so maybe there's a whole new class of vendors that could be included as they think about this more broadly. Well, I, I think that you may be onto something here. The fact that agencies like uh, the, the Department of Defense are, are looking to expand the non-traditional small business space with, with uh, groups like the DIU, with the the commercial solutions opening as a, as an acquisition mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. But when you when you talk about certifications like a CMMC, you almost have two good goals competing against one another, right? You're trying to expand the supplier base, but at the same time, certifications like CMMC are are going to put a lot of pressure on those small businesses that are right on the cusp of deciding whether or not that they want to stay in the market. So you you have to find a way to get that kind of innovation in emerging technology, but at the same time, make sure that those companies can do it securely. So a lot for federal procurement officers to think about. And finally, would you say that GSA needs to hurry? Because I think Bloomberg reported, among others recently, that DHS was looking to launch its own department-wide acquisition vehicle for small business. And if that happens across the board, then a government-wide one could be less relevant. I think you're actually starting to see federal agencies push back, maybe not push back, but look at some of these category management directives and say, well, you know, we are going to, we're going to try something on our own. I think uh, the State Department for example, is looking to to consolidate a lot of its IT hardware spending, and they're not sure whether they're going to use a, a GWAC or they're going to develop their own vehicle. I think um, cybersecurity and the, the need to prevent industrial espionage is really pushing agencies to uh, think about cybersecurity in, new, in a new way, and that's driving a lot of these requirements. Chris Cornelli is an IT analyst with Bloomberg Government. Thanks so much. Great to be with you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash Podcast One to learn more and start your free trial.